Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. We can all be seated. I'm so privileged and honored to be with you this evening. I always like to say, our God is good. You just say all the time. And all the times, God is good. I'm, I'm so much humbled. Thank you so much, pastors, for Pastor Jordan, you know, Pastor Robin, and all the leadership in this place, and I, all the people from other churches. You know, God is doing something, and he wants us to be united. I have so much friends in, a Robin, in, a, in Idaho and Boise, and I feel so strong there is something so special about Boise. There is something so special about this. I explained why last night, and uh, I really feel so strong there is something birthing out of Boise, and you are privileged to be part of it. You know, most of the times we have so many questions. I travel all over the world preaching the gospel. So many times Christians have, a, have questions. Especially we have questions why things are going the way they are, they are going. Why things are going the way they are going. Where is God in the midst of all these problems? Where is God in the midst of all these challenges? There's so many trouble. There's so many wickedness. And I'm so privileged to be with my wife, Melissa Mwamba. Yeah, can you just wave? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Sorry that I forgot. There's so many questions. Where is God? The wickedness has increased. People are even going to an extent of cursing God. Sometimes we wonder, where is this master of the universe, king of creation? Everyone thinks God is only a lamb. You know when they, 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 they arrested him? They arrested him as a criminal, put him on the cross. And the world, though he resurrected, still the world thinks they are in charge. Why? Sinners are still jubilating and enjoying and having victory. And sometimes this has caused people to think everything is fine. Things are not fine. Sometimes you can look at the sea, it looks peaceful. Look the other day when God is not controlling the wind. Those things are not intact. You need to read the book of Revelation. How God is going to wipe out the earth. How God is going to command the winds, the four winds, to destroy, to wipe out the earth. I've traveled to so many countries, especially in Asia, where you see peaceful, like around my Himalayas mountain in Nepal and all those countries, beautiful. But one day you hear the earth, you know, reacts. People die. Things are not intact. But because of the word of God, he has kept them in position. I fly a lot, but some days you can see that even the wind reacts to the plane. 
Our Father is big. God is big. When you go to the book of Genesis, he was just speaking his word. Whenever he speaks, power comes out and starts creating. He said, let there be light. And light came out. This is a big God. You know, if you want to understand him well, go to the book of the Old Testament. How people are dying. The earth will split and the earth will swallow something, somebody. This is God. We thank God for Jesus. I really want if there are three guys who can volunteer to just come up. Okay, one girl and two guys. One lady. I really want, I like to build up. I like to build up. Who wants to be God between you? <laughs> huh? Okay, can be God. So God created everything, and Adam and Eve were very, very special. Adam, who, Adam, no, I'm not doing it, I'm just expressing. Adam and Eve were very, very special. They were like just God. Everything was obeying them. They had dominion. If you read Genesis chapter 1, when he created them in verse 26, and you go to Genesis chapter 2, when he created them through the earth, God will come down, you know, walk around with them in the garden. Because they were just like him. They say, the Bible says, in the coolness of the day, this Genesis chapter 3, he will come around with them and walk with them, have fellowship. They had so much authority. They had so much power. There was so much joy because they were just like him. But one day something happened. Are you okay if I can, um, if I can, this is a pen, but it's, it's not permanent. Yeah. What are you doing with it? Oh, I won't do it with you. I will do it with you. You can just go in the bathroom and wash it. Okay. Yeah, I'll just express something. You know, they were very happy. They were just like him. But one day, something happened. Sad story. In Genesis chapter 3, they sinned. They fall in the short of God's glory. God was annoyed. Not really... You know, that human anger, but the anger that he cannot relate to his own children. He loves us so much. And this breaks God's heart. You know what happened when they see in Genesis chapter 3? They hide away. And God is saying, Adam, where are you? They say, we are scared. For the first time, they start being scared. But God is a father. You know what? Adam and Eve, they have to flee because God is righteous. You can't look at God when you have sinned. 
You can't come closer to God when you are sinful. If you read the book of uh, Genesis, you read all those books, Exodus, you see when God showed up who he is. Read Exodus 20. When the children of Israel were saying, Moses, we are just like you. We need to meet God ourselves too. When he came down at Mount Sinai, there was earthquake. There was thunder. There was lightning. There was smoke. That they ran away. Moses, we don't want to meet your God. Speak to us. Let us talk to you. Go and talk to your God and talk to us. God is big. Have you ever traveled and see what he has created? You know, sometimes you wonder, where is this? Why God is not intervening? Why the world looks like they are winning? You know what? God did something. Because God is righteous and holy. You know, he cannot come closer to them. You know what he did? He put the cherubim to protect when he pushed them out of the garden. Because they can't come, they will be consumed. He's a holy God. He's a pure God. He doesn't look at sin. He can't come contact to sin. They had to flee away. They were hiding. He put cherubim so that they cannot come closer because they ate from, from the, you know, you know, of the tree of knowing good and what? Evil. They were polluted. He, can't come. he loves them, but they can't come to him. He's a holy God. So he just took them out. You know what he did? He came up with an idea. He needs them closer. You know, the first time. You know, they started having, you know, they had children, able and kind. You know, he took them out. Of course, he cursed. Of course, it's not a curse. He had a plan to restore. Because they are his children. God loves us. That's why he gives every opportunity. Even people are sinning today and cursing them. God, he always has hope for them. He came up with a solution. He came up with his son, Jesus. He has to make himself dirty to go closer to them. The blood of Jesus I'm talking about today. That is why. God is not reacting today. It's not that things will be like this. I pray to about, about everyone in this place, don't miss salvation. You know, I think, sometimes I think even it was better in the Old, in the Old Testament because God was judging people right there. But we are just piling sin because of the grace. The grace of God is called unmerited favor that God has extended to us. The way he extended to them. He came up with a plan, his son, to die. You know what he did? You know, somebody, you know, because God told them, once you do this, you will surely die. They didn't die physically, but they died spiritually. They disconnect. He was looking for them for goodness. Where are you? 
because somehow they were in the different network. They disappear in his presence. You can't be in God's presence when you sin. He was asking, where are you? He said, we are scared. Of course, they start blaming each other. Both of them sinned. You know, God came up with a plan. The blood of Jesus. I'll put this, you know, you know, God had to come down himself. John chapter 1, verse 1, you read there. In the beginning, God, you know, himself reduced himself, come on earth. Because he's God, he can't come to them closer. And this is what I'm speaking about, salvation with Jesus. That's what Jesus, God, because they sinned, I'm not only pointing at them, we all sinned. So he wanted to reach out to them and their seeds through his plan, which was Jesus Christ. You know, he had to date himself. Every soul that sins will surely die. But the redemption is through the blood. I'm talking about the blood today. So that whenever you see trouble, whenever you see people living life the way they are living, it's because of what Jesus has done. You know? So what happened? God made himself. I came with a nail. He had to come and be nailed. And the blood came. You know? You can just put in your hands together. It's a, you, you remove it. It's just, a, I want them to see. On the cross. I'll read some scriptures to cover what I'm saying. And you know what? He, he came and showed the blood for himself. You know, the blood has to be between. His blood came between. Oh, in fact, he put his blood like this. So that when he see them, he doesn't see sin. He sinned them through the blood. You know, God, God has put a structure for everybody to have grace for sin. He doesn't really, God doesn't, that's why we can live the way we are. Because God doesn't see us through us. He sees us through his son. He is himself with the blood. Because he can't see direct. He can't see direct. We are sinful. But God has given us a privilege for us to repent. And that's what is called unmerited favor. It's not forever. So he's waiting because it, we, are, we are having, that's why we say, look, you can't see God now because we haven't yet glorified. You will die. So he had to come as a human and put his blood so he sees us. And you know, let me tell you, so we can have fellowship with him. I tell you the truth, this is not permanent. God is now a, like a lamb that was slain to bring us closer. A lamb is very gentle. But God is going to take off his hands. Take off his hands. Because now it's over, and man will come closer to God who is holy, and you see the sin. And we can't go closer to God with sin. On the judgment seat, you see us the way we are. 
You know, the Bible says his tongue could be burning like fire. He will come as a judge, no more as a lamb. Every eye will see the master of the universe. That's what it's called the blood of. He's coming, interceding. His blood is interceding. Father, have mercy. Extend your grace. He's interceding for us through his blood. Thank you so much. I want to just, I like to express so that you see the depth of. Thank you so much, guys. So what is that blood calling? What is that blood calling? The blood of Jesus today is calling for mercy. Father, give them another opportunity. They will repent. Father, do not look at them the way they are. Look at me. The Bible says he went and sat. What? In between his father to intercede for us. Begging, crying, God, please extend your grace. Salvation, mercy, protection. It speaks grace, speaks forgiveness. Hallelujah. You know, when Adam and uh, you know, Adam and Eve sinned, they had a child, they had children. Of course, I don't know, maybe that was his plan, maybe he planned it in another way for them to have children. They, 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 they sinned, I don't want to go into details, you can read Genesis chapter 3. They came up with two children. You know what happened? The two children start fighting. Abel and Cain. What happened? Abel killed his brother. Because now we brought sin. You know what happened? The first death recorded since creation. You know what? God had to kill an animal to cover them skin. God had a plan of shedding of the blood long time ago. You know, those skins had blood and they covered them. They put leaves and skin which had blood. But I wanted you to, to, to hear what God said. You know, in the blood, I want this to, to show. Your, your, your breath, your life is in the blood. I know there are doctors here. Once your blood die, you die. That's why you see blood is used in, you know, like uh, I've traveled to so many countries that like to sacrifice things with the blood. The blood signifies life. I want you to hear the first time when God uh, spoke about the death. You know, the, when uh, uh, Cain killed his brother, it's in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother is crying for me from the ground. I think Cain was very shocked to hear the blood speaks. You know, Cain wanted to, to hide 
by the blood speaks. Because the blood that God has put upon you, it is himself. That's where there is life. He said, there is blood, there is life in the blood. The first time God told Cain, the blood of your brother is calling me. Hallelujah. But the blood of Jesus caused better things than the blood of Abel. You can read it in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. The blood of Jesus I was talking about caused better things. Justice caused for forgiveness. You know the blood of Abel was calling for vengeance. Pay back God. Pay back God. Avenge. You know, I've been praying for Boise and other states. Just like there's a lot of these states, like just, you know, suicide. I know some of the children that are committing suicide. Maybe just pain, difficulties, maybe challenge, maybe disappointment and hang themselves. I don't know what their blood is calling for. And we pray over the city that the blood of Jesus start calling over the city. No more suicide spirit. We speak peace over this city. We speak life. We say the blood of Jesus, let it shout and cry for mercy and restoration. We speak in every town of this area. The blood of Jesus speaks forgiveness, speaks of courage, speaks of endurance, speaks of patience. You know, when I started knowing the power of the blood, Demon trembles when you call the blood. You just call the blood. We've been in so many places like a place called Bhutan. It's in Asia, the most closed country. And we are calling the blood of Jesus. Cleanse over the city. Cleanse over the country. Time for us to call upon this blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I didn't want just to go back. I, I want to always start from the Old Testament. Do you know the story? I talked about it yesterday. You know, when God called Moses in, in uh, uh, Exodus chapter 3 on the burning bush, he sent him to, and God told him in uh, in Exodus chapter 7, verse 1, he said, I'm sending you to Egypt as a God. I don't want to go into details how much miracles and signs and wonders Moses did. But I want to connect something, you know, you know the earthquake, you know, the, the frogs, the water turning into blood, you know, the, you know, the flies. But there was one thing that God himself did at this, what do you call them? As plagues. The last plague. It's in uh, Genesis chapter, or Exodus chapter 12. I want to read it. Verse 7. 
Exodus chapter 12, verse 7. He says, you know, it, it talks about the Passover. The last big thing God did for Pharaoh to release the children of Israel was concerning the blood. Because God told Moses, you know, you have been doing this. I've given you power to do this. But the last one, myself, I'll come and walk on the land of Egypt. That's what I was telling you about the blood. The reason why we are safe, the reason why everyone is safe, everything looks cool, because of the blood. Make sure your house is covered with the blood of Jesus. Or else, things you have never imagined in your life will pass over your home. Let me start reading from verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of the month. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of the month, every man shall take a lamb according to the father's house. Houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, then he and his nearest neighbors shall take according to the number of persons, according to, the, to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Very detailed. A male, a young, a male, a year old, you shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. That is the instruction God gave them. Why? Because God is going to pass through the land of Egypt. He's telling them, wherever you, I don't find this blood, the people will die. They will die, and they surely die. The firstborn will die. Your protection shall be. That's why they call it a Passover. It came and passed over. God himself, the master of the universe, every firstborn child, every firstborn animal, every firstborn of life died who didn't have the blood covered on their doorposts. The blood of God. Hallelujah. Verse 29. At the midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captivity who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn 
of the livestock. The blood. Everything seems calm today because of the blood of Jesus. Sinners can jubilate. Everyone, if you look on TV, it's like everyone has so much wisdom. The watch is ticking. Everyone, you know, people today, they can speak anything. They have so much influence. They can speak on TV and influence the whole world. Because you see them live the following day, you feel they are so much powerful because of the blood. Because of the blood. Our God is big. You know why the Hebrews give him name? Because of what they have experienced. They called him El Shaddai. The most sufficient God. Do you remember when they were in the wilderness? Look at this. Look at this. They walked for 40 days in the wilderness. There were no shops to buy shoes. The shoes were growing. Growing. They had no shopping malls. Even sometimes Moses being a leader, sometimes he was shocked. He was complaining that the people are tired of eating manna. God is telling him, tomorrow... I'll, I, I, I put it that in the budget, Moses. It's fine. And Moses said, look, they are going to eat. You mean? And he's telling Moses, go and tell the children of Israel that they are going to eat meat. Moses said, are you sure, God? Even Moses argued with God. He said, you know, we can work for salaries for a few months. We can still not feed these people with meat. God tell him, go. You know what God did? You need to read the book of Exodus. God, God, the easterly wind, the wind, this wind, to draw all the quails. He just said, easterly wind, come. And they picked the quails to go and fall in the camp of the Israelites. No GPS. The cloud will lead them. The pillar of fire will lead them by night. This is our God. You know, sometimes children of God, because of so much discouragement, because of so much we see on TV, we are getting discouraged. Today I'm telling you, start seeking God to see him who he is. Read Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, Moses wanted to see God. Show me your glory. But God told Moses, you can't see me yet. I'll pass by at the cliff and you see my back. This God we serve is big. And he has not run out of ideas. It's just the grace. You know, sometimes, because we are human, we say, why can't he strike? You know, sometimes the disciples were telling Jesus, why can't you go, you know, fire to bend these people? But because of that love you saw, 
When Adam and Eve sinned, he was grieved. They are my children. I always remember my mother's love. My brother sometimes used to misbehave, but my mother would never sleep. It doesn't matter what he does. That's God's love. It's even beyond that. The love is so deep. No matter how much people are doing, Jesus is still crying. Please. Through his blood. God is good. Praise God for Jesus. So that's why he said, let them put those blood, as long as there is a blood, I'll pass by. I'm not going to strike them. Children of God, the world today is at peace because we are here. We carry the blood. So many times I fly in the plane, people say, look, it's okay. Jesus didn't say anything. Let's be calm. Because we are his children. We are his representative. We are the ambassadors. That's why I was telling her, what's your name? She's a prayer warrior. Yeah. You know, especially mothers, we need to know the power we have in prayers. Some things are intact today because of our prayers. Of course, fathers too. And young men and young women. I want to read uh, Leviticus chapter 2. Chapter 17, verse 11. Who can read it for me? Because I want to... Oh, I'll read it. Because you, you don't have a mic. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. It says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. Blood is very... Because you know that your soul resides in your blood? That God breathed in you stays there. So your life is in the blood. You know, when God breathed in us, himself in us, his breath is in the blood. His will, his emotions, his mind is there. That's why when the blood stops working, we are dead. Blood is very, very, very special. I, I deal in, a, in a deliverance. We were in Houston. My wife knows this story. Maybe, maybe, maybe Cherie knows as well this story. We were in Houston. You know, there was a, a, a girl that has made covenant with the devil. This girl. We were in Houston in the church. And they brought this girl because she wanted deliverance. They brought this girl and dropped her in the church. This, I've never seen a possessed girl in my life. You know, what happened, we were having a, in fact, it's just in February this year, we were having a conference. 
And two of the guys, they are in the satanic, you call them satanic worshippers, that devil worshipper. They needed this girl. I don't know where their plan was. They dropped this girl at the, where we were, where we were, were speaking. And one of the ushers didn't know. They brought her in the church. And this girl started manifesting. This girl can stand on anything. She can stand on the hand. She can stand. She can lie down. And, you know, these people have power because, you know, when God talked to me, this demonic power is involved with the covenant. You know what what the people do in the satanic world? They do a blood covenant. You know, they do the sexual thing, abuse, by exchanging, you know, vows. And, uh, you know, like, what do you call it? Like, let the blood pass from this person to the other, mixing up the blood. And the girl is very possessed. And God was telling me she has entered into the covenant with the devil. That's how powerful the blood is. In Africa, I like what you were saying. We are so familiar with these kind of things. In Asia, too, people do this kind of thing. I know in America, too, but because sometimes we just don't want to go deep into knowing the spiritual things. We feel maybe it's too much. But we need to know. You know, until I talked to her based on what she has done through the variation, then she woke up and said, I don't like you. I said, at first she was showing strength. You know, the demonic people, they want to show strength like she hit me. I said, don't touch her. I said, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. It's not by the name of Gabriel. Oh, blood of Gabriel. The blood of Jesus. There is power. The girl fell down and she was screaming, hitting herself. This girl could hit herself against the floor. Blood was coming everywhere. The blood. Make sure your children have this covenant with the blood of Jesus. It is the only thing that shall save your soul. It's the only solution God made for you and for me. The blood of Jesus. There are two things if you want to flow. Fall into the, you know, the ministry of deliverance. Don't talk too much. Just mention these two things. The Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> they don't want it. I don't want that name. You know they know. Sometimes even the children... Some of us, most of, all of us, we are children. Sometimes we don't even know this God we serve. Like I saw in the Houston, people ran away. They, this girl, I said, don't worry. They were holding her everywhere, all like strength. I said, leave her alone. You are making her powerful. No, she was, she'd pick a, 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 a chair. I said, in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, be gone. Fall down. Start hitting herself. She won't hit me. We need to know the power we carry. We are the children of the most high God. The creator of the universe. 
Yahweh Sabahath, the God of hosts, the Lord of armies. Yesterday I talked about Joshua in Joshua chapter 5. When Joshua saw this man with a sword, he was asking him, you know, Joshua is a young guy. He just took over from Moses, overwhelmed, and he said, are you for us or for the enemy? You know what the man told him? I'm the commander of the Lord's army. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. Take off your shoes. You know, Joshua was a, was a, was a military person. So when he saw a sword, he understands battle. As a Joshua, the, 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 the military I'm calling you is not where you fight. You follow me. I am the commander. Joshua took off his shoes. Where you are standing is the holy ground. This is the God. You know, I tell you, there are two angels God sent. Some angels are very gentle. You know, they appeared to Elizabeth, appeared to Mary. Oh, you're going to have a child. You know, but some angels, they are very, very, they are all warriors. Archangel Michael. You read it in uh, Daniel chapter 10. The angel came to rescue other angels. He's a warrior. When you see him, he comes for battle. This God is not just gentle speaking the way we speak, grace. One day things will change. God was, read the book of Revelation. The winds. Winds. Start the Bible says God is tongue will be like a flame of fire. When he speaks, these angels very aggressive. The end has come. It's over. This is our father. But because of the blood, because of the blood, I'll go back to what I was saying, what God said in Exodus chapter 12, verse 12 to 13, when God was telling Moses. He says, for I will go through the land of Egypt in the night. That's what God said. Myself, I'll come and, I'll come and walk in the midst of, of Egypt. You know, I told you, before Moses was just doing like this, all these people say, look, we know technology. Technology came a long time ago. This remote control, the first person was Moses. He was just doing like this. It opens up. <laughs> you point at the waters. It's blood. That's what he was doing because God told him in Exodus chapter 7 verse 1. He says, I'm sending you back to Egypt as a God. You will be a God. Moses was a God because he was controlling things. He would just talk to Pharaoh. Okay, Pharaoh, you don't listen. Tomorrow this thing will happen. And the Bible didn't say he was praying. He was not praying. No fasting. He would just use the stick. You know, this is demonstrating and 
This is giving you hope that it was not about Moses. Because sometimes Moses was even crying as well. God said, keep moving forward. Tell the people to move forward. Because it was not about that. That is who you are. You need to start reading the scriptures that encourage you. You know the battle is not about you. Now I tell God, if this girl can hit me, God, you are losing. Because I'm calling you. In the name of Jesus, then the person hit me. God, what are you doing? The moment you start knowing it's not about you, you become so powerful. You know, you, you, you all know how God worked work with me in the prophetic ministry. What is needed is not about any, like, being special is obedience. Two things you need. Obedience, sacrifice. You know, it's sacrificing. Humility. You know, when Peter was with all the disciples, Peter just stepped out. It was real water. He just stepped out. And he stood out. This is what God has done for you. You know those people I was putting there? We are his children. Adam was calling things and they will become. You are a lion. You are, you know, everything we see today was created for you and for me to manage. Look, I can, I, I'm staying with, the, I'm, say, I'm staying with, uh, what the, you know, Joy, and Aaron, you know, and the family. I'm staying there. They are hosting me. They, even their children, they know we are visitors here. The children know this is their home. It's their possession. But us, as the children of God, that God has created this, we are living like visitors on earth. And God is just looking, what is going on with my children? We are living like slaves in fear. It will be very devastating for them to see their children living like slaves in their home. You need to challenge yourself. Why am I living like this in my father's territory? You know, you know what? Most of the times why we do this, because when we sin once, we condemn ourselves. We just feel God doesn't love me. The blood of Jesus is still speaking mercy. Of course, it's not, we are not in, God is not encouraging us to keep on sinning. But it's one thing for you to make a mistake, and that thing clicks you, like, I don't belong here. But most of us, why we feel we can't do that? Because we feel it's about me. Look at what God does, especially when God is calling you in a prophetic ministry. Sometimes God will just show you a number, you go to the person, and God starts speaking. It's not you. Sometimes I'll go to a person, I don't even know what I'll say. But the moment I'm going, then God starts. Sometimes God show me with moving. Move here and move there. 
Then whenever you arrive there, then God starts bringing clarity. The blood of Jesus is still pleading for each one of you to be used. You know, some of us, maybe even it's suicidal thing. Some of us, maybe God has been telling us, please stand in the gap. But we feel we are not that worthy. Let me tell you one thing. Moses ran away from Egypt. You know why? He was using his physical strength. But that is the, that is the burden with Moses. Moses was living as a, you know, a prince. But he had the burden for, he, for the children of Israel. You know that he went and fought and killed an Egyptian? Then when he was separating these Hebrews, one guy said, we saw you, we want to do the same thing you did to the Egyptian. Then Moses ran away. What did God tell him in Exodus chapter 3? Have heard the cry. Moses, which means he's saying, Moses, your, 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 what you heard is what I heard. So your, 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 your hearing, I'll impact it. You know, I'll put an impartation. I travel through the world. Sometimes you are, most of us, like I feel so strong, there's so much prophetic mantle among you. But the thing is, you carry the burden, and the burden starts crushing you. Instead of the burden, lift you up into the prophetic ministry to pray. But it crushes us. We don't need to be crushed. We don't need to be crushed. Genesis chapter 17, Moses, God is talking to Abraham. I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Not to crush, to crush Abraham. He was telling him to intercede for a city. You know the story. I want to tell you the blood of Jesus is, don't look at yourself. Some of us, oh, I lied two times now this week. I can't be a prophet. Moses had his own weaknesses. Abraham has his own weakness. The blood of Jesus extends unmerited favor to us for us to wake up. Jesus didn't just go to the cross straight. How many times did he fall down? He had to rise up. The blood of Jesus. So God said, look. He said, for I will go through the land of Egypt in, the la in, the, in that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land, both man and animal, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am Yahweh. The blood shall be to you for a token on the house where you are. A token. Look, we are so privileged that we have a token. Somebody paid for you. It's not their blood. It was the blood of an animal. What a simple thing. There's a token for you to be a prophet. There's a token for you to be a prophetess. There's a pro, you know, token for you to be an evangelist. He has already paid. You don't need to do anything. You want to cast out demons? He has paid for you. 
Just go do this in the name of Jesus. My story. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I was telling them a story. I was in the plane. I'm, I'll repeat this. Because I know I'm a spiritual being. Because of what God has put in me. I fly a lot. One day I missed my seat. I read. I think it was 11B. I always remember. Then I sat. On a, it, I think I, I went like 12. And that was not my seat. Then somebody came and said, look, you have taken my seat. I look and say, I checked properly. Then I wanted to move. The person said, no, you can sit. Let me just sit on your seat. You know what? Because I'm a spiritual being, I know God is communicating something. Things just don't happen. I started praying, what are you communicating? And I saw people sitting with me, and I started praying. And God said, this person here. I just did this, start praying. The person manifest in the plane. There was panic. What is happening? Call the doctor. There is no doctor. This is a spiritual matter. <laughs> At last, everything was peaceful. You know, you create a platform to share the gospel. We are spiritual beings. I'll share this story as well. I posted it on my Facebook. My wife knows. Because I've, I've, I, I, I travel with some people who are traveling all over the land. When I go to the country, that has been my prayer. I was in Germany. I've gone to every state in Germany praying, casting out demons. When God brought me to America, I knew that is what he would do here. We've been traveling to different states. Like I'll be on the, on the 13th, I'm going to Nashville. On the 10th. Then on the 17th, I'll be going to Texas. Then fly to Arlington, near, near Mexico. Then I'll go to Poland. This is how I live. When you open your spiritual eyes. I met one lady, and I was prophesying in her life in the stadium. And this lady runs a lot of conferences all over the world. And God told me, you shall meet a person that you shall travel all over America. This is how you live. We are spiritual beings. So we were in Allingen. We were having, this is a funny story. It's funny, but it's good. Start living a life of a miracle. Start living, you know, what do you call it? Supernatural life. You can, you know, I feel so strong, uh, man, and, man and woman of God. This is what I want to challenge people with. Start living a life. You know, we are living I don't know, maybe 30% of what God has put in us. Yeah. Just start calling what God has put upon you. It doesn't, know, doesn't matter what you have done in life. It doesn't matter. The blood of Jesus is calling those things to come up. So we were speaking in his Allingen. The power of God was very strong. They booked a government building. A government building. Which the government is very strict. That building actually, we, they hosted that church program for the first time. They always do weddings. and they, So people never knew that this is a church program. 
We started on, uh, on a Wednesday. We finished on Friday. I was speaking about the Holy Spirit. The power of God was very strong in that place. I spoke about the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I tell you, there was so much healing, deliverance. And we finished. I was tired. I went and sat at the back. You know what happened? They came four people in the building. You know, these people, they thought this is because they have always danced in that place, funny stuff during the weekend. So they thought that is it. They entered inside. <laughs> so what happened was, when they are entering, I sat the way sitting at the, the sound person, the sound system there. And I saw one of the ladies with a snake. I said, what is happening? I thought these people just were part of the program. Maybe they went to the restroom. But I saw a snake. I said, what I'm seeing, what am I seeing? This is real. It's not a story. It's real. So the lady, these four people, just they were confused. What is happening? And I went and just at the back and just, in Jesus' name. <laughs> the girl starts spinning, starts spinning and screaming. And everyone was scared. What is happening? We just finished. <laughs> you know, one of the guys who was with this team, he runs away to the car. The other girl fell down as well. She was, you know, paralyzed in the spirit. This is very surreal story with the same conference I'm traveling with. So everyone was confused. What is going on? And the girl started throwing up. This is like 11 p.m. We are finishing. And the government came to close their building because we paid for a specific time. But what they saw, the representative, they didn't know what to do. They said, we have never seen this kind of thing. I tell you, the, these people started throwing up. I've never seen people throw up drums of water. They were throwing up. So like everyone in that place, that the guys who hosted, they have never seen such a thing. Like what is real going on? So I called like they have, they are like strong pastors there. I said, we need to follow the guy who ran away. They said, Why? We need to follow him. There is, God spoke to me, don't allow these people to go back. It's a special case. So we followed the guy. The guy was hiding in the car. Because somebody said, yeah, we saw him running towards that place. So I came and prayed for the other girl because there were four. The other girl was a bit better. We prayed for her to be strong and we followed. And the girl said, that's my husband who ran away. He said, let's follow him. And we went to the car. We knocked, I knocked. Ooh, I thought the guy is not there. He was hiding. <laughs> and he's a very strong guy by hiding, like, in the car. <laughs> so the pastor said, are, you follow, are we really following him? He said, let's follow him. We need to bring him back to the church. He said, what? Bring him back? Yes. And I knocked the wife said, he's inside here. So I banged and the two, the guys, what do you want? The guy is very strong. He said, what do you want? I said, let's go back to the church. He said, I don't want. I said, where are you going? 
So the strong pastors took him very, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not so strong like the way, you know, the guys look like very strong. We took him back. You know what happened? We started praying for him, started manifesting. Like very strong demon. Then the other lady who I saw is a snake, she started crying. It's not me who killed him. It's not me who killed him. I was led, misled by my mom to kill my brother. So she, she, was, uh, she was into this witchcraft, a very high level witchcraft. So she just came from prison. She came from prison on Thursday. So they wanted to do a family reunion <laughs> to go for an event. And that place they do dancing. That guy who ran away, he was out of prison like, like I think two months earlier than this lady. So she started saying, no, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. You know, we discover, she started confessing. The, father, the mother led her into sacrificing the other brother. So she had two brothers. They sacrificed this person on the altar. He committed suicide by her chanting. So that's why, you know, things happen and they send her to jail. All those things. But it was, you know, controlled by the mother. I tell you, I've never seen people possessed. And of course, they got delivered. And God spoke to me. I was supposed to fly Saturday. To, so I called my wife. God told me, don't go. We need to sweep in this home. These are de strong demonic things. They said they would die if we go. So we needed to stay. So I stayed for another two days. You know, we told them. So they said, look, we are scared. It's part of us. But we don't want it. So I told them, tomorrow you should come to pray so that we pray. One of my friends I was telling you is a medical doctor, and his wife is a medical doctor. As well, I want to introduce, they are crazy. These are top surgeons in Texas, but the Holy Ghost has captured them. I call him, my wife knows. He's in this you know, operating table, praying on, in tongues with me on phone. You know, when the Holy Ghost take you over. You know, I said, my, my friend, we are going to stay. So we stayed for two, I stayed for two, uh, week, uh, two days. You know, these people said they will come. I, we told them, okay, we should come tomorrow for prayer. And I told my friend, if they don't come, then they are not serious. If they come tomorrow, I know that really what happened has surprised them. You know what happened? They came. They didn't just come, four of them. You know what they came? With all their children. The uncles, because they are tired of what is happening in the family. I have photos, I posted it on the Facebook. You know, we say we are going to do this at the park, in the public place. Cleansing the house. In the name of Jesus, Go! And people in the back, they have never seen these kind of things. What is happening? People are throwing up. The whole family got cleansed. This is what the blood of Jesus does. They are part of the church. The lady came from being a prisoner. And my friend is very good. He said, look, I'll do my best to help this girl find life. Not helping her only spiritually, but find a place. 
She finds joy. She finds acceptance. This is what God has called us. This blood of Jesus. Doesn't matter how long somebody has gone. Jesus is calling for forgiveness. For grace. Children of God, may God give us the compassion for the people. May we not settle for the less. May we know if we are at work that Jesus has covered us with the blood so that we can extend. Let your light shine. Let the people see your good works in you and glorify the Father in heaven. Let your light shine. Don't hide your light because of the blood of Jesus. Matthew 11, 27, 28. He said, come to me, you who are weary and have burden. I will give you rest. That is the rest that he has brought through his blood. He said, learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in the spirit. He gave up his blood. What a position. I'm humble and gentle in the spirit. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the Jesus who's calling us. I like one scripture that encourages me so much. It's Colossians chapter 14, verse 15. It says, you were dead through your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He made you alive. That's what he did. They were supposed to pay a price, but he made us alive because there is, blood, there is life in the blood. We were dead in sin. By him sacrificing his blood, he restored us. He gave us life again. We have a reason to jubilate. We have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason to walk with confidence. He restored us. We were dead. They ran away hiding. He followed them. He followed them. Let's follow others. Praise God for mercy that he extended to me. And I will never rest until I follow others. I walk in, you know, deliverance is not to make people ashamed. It's for us to lift the people up. Because I was once down. Somebody stopped for me. Let us have time for others. I like what it says. Wiping out the handwriting in ordinances which was against us. We were supposed to pay a price. You know, a sentence was written against us. We were guilty. But he, took, he came and took away our guilty. He surrendered himself. In Gethsemane, he was crying. My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass away from me. 
He said, my heart is heavy to the point of death. Father, I'm overwhelmed with sorrow. My heart is heavy. He was feeling and smelling his blood because his blood was scattered everywhere. I like some songs say, when the father looked at his face, he looked his face away. Because he can't face the pain that the son was going through. He took away our condemnation. Drag him to the cross. You know the story of the high priest when he was taking the blood of the animals to the place of sacrifice. They had to make sure they are okay to take that blood. It was a big responsibility. They only had 12, tribe, 12 stones on their robe, only representing Israel. 12 tribes of Israel. But Jesus took a bigger burden. Take I like what the worship team uh, wrote about my name, a name. Each name of us. You know, what was weighing him is not a cross. It's the sin. You know, when John, Baptist, when John the Baptist saw him, he took everything on him. Every shame, every condemnation on him. He carried the biggest load. He was the most sinful person in the universe. Because he was representing every sin we have committed. In Gethsemane, he was crying to his disciples, Why can't you wait for an hour? You know, when the high priest takes that blood, you know, in the Holy of the Holies, they represented only the tribes of Israel. But he had to, you know, it's easy. They kill animals. But he has to sacrifice his own blood. That's what he did. It. That is the deepest love one can extend to another person. In Matthew chapter 26, 27, he was telling them, drink my blood at the last supper. I want to read Hebrews chapter 9, 24 to 26. It's, you know, Jesus is worthy. That's why sometimes I just woke up. My wife knows I woke up at night just dancing and crying. What Jesus has done. No one can do this to me. Hebrews chapter 9, 24 to 27. For Christ has entered not into the holy place made with human hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. That's what he's doing. When he's showing, look, don't look at them. Look at my blood. Don't look at them. Look at my blood. 
nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy place every year with the blood not his own. He took his own blood. Taking it to the highest throne, the throne of grace on your behalf. On, on my behalf. Do you know what happened when Jesus died? You know that thing that the high priest was doing every year? Jesus had to do it. You know what was happening before? The high priest would listen to Israel's sin. Then he took it every year. Just like a pastor representing everybody. But now what Jesus has done, you don't need to wait for one year to confess. Because something happened when Jesus died. The veil was broken. The veil was broken. You have power now to enter the Holy of the Holies. You have entered, you have power to communicate the master of, with the master of the universe. The God that Adam and Eve ran away because they were unrighteous. But you can cry to him direct even now. Sometimes I say, sometimes even the Children who walked before in the, old, in the Old Testament, we are so disappointed with this generation because they walked in power and in authority even before the Holy Spirit was given. You think of Joshua. Read Joshua chapter 10. He would tell the son, stand still. You need to read that scripture. The Bible says, there was no time in history when God listened to the voice of a man. You are his child. Joshua didn't sit down and start praying. He just said, son, stand still. And the son stood still. God wants to hear your voice over the situation. James chapter 5, talk about the man called Elijah. Pray, earnest prayer, to seal the heavens, to close the heavens. When a child of God knows his power and his authority, things shift. He spoke to the heavens, close up, no rain, a human being. They were looking for him everywhere. There was drought because a man, a child of God, spoke into situation. Until he came back to pray. First King chapter 18, he went and prayed for God to release the rain. That's who you are. 
That DNA is part of you. It needs to start functioning. You know, sometimes I think, even David say, where are the giants? Hiding. Do, even, do they even know you at your workplace that you are a child of God? You know, that we, us, sometimes, you know, I want to encourage you, always desire to be among people who are positive, who are talking uh, when we were coming in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the in the track here. Learn to walk around the people. When Elisha met Elijah, he was just an ordinary man. He was a farmer. But he started walking with Elijah. He changed. Some of us, we connect to people who are so negative, who are hopeless, always crying, and we, are, we say we will change the world, and we are stuck with these people. You know, even Jesus, who is God, never gets stuck with everybody. You never see Jesus with Judah Iscariot. You need to read the gospel. You find himself with Peter. He was with them as a general 12, but he was more with Peter. Peter saw many things about Jesus. Even the transfiguration, Jesus, transfiguration, Jesus was not with every disciple. Learn the way you walk. He spent more time with Peter. Even when Jesus was saying, who do you say am I? Who answered? Peter. Because of the way he was so close and he saw the revelation of Jesus. I want to encourage you. Where do you spend your time? You will be transformed. Of course, spend time with as well Jesus. You know in Acts chapter 4, When they saw how Peter and John were saying, what did the people say? They spent time with Jesus. We know these people are unlearned. Who do you spend time with? I want to encourage you. Elijah is disappointed. Because Jesus said, now when I go to my father, I'll bring, I'll, I'll, I'll ask for the Holy Spirit to come. And the people who live after me, they will do what? Even much more than I've done. Because the Holy Spirit will come. I tell you today, we are still talking about the miracles of John. We are talking about the miracles of the Old Testament. We talk of Enoch. Those people lived before the Holy Spirit came. Before Jesus paid the price for the Holy Spirit to come. That's why I say, before the fall, Adam and Eve lived just like God. But after the sin, they separated. And Jesus came and restored us through his blood to bring us back to our original. We are original now. But we are still talking about Elijah. Those are our biggest testimonies. You know, it, life starts when we start thinking. When we start thinking, challenging ourselves through the blood of Jesus, 
the, the, the holy of the holies was covered by the veil. And no one was allowed to enter except the holy priest. Look, it was not easy to talk to God. I told you in Exodus chapter 20, Moses had to go alone. Alone. Whatever he says, that's what they will listen. Even when they are going. You know, when you, you need to read the Old Testament, then you are going to understand who you are. You know what was happening? Moses alone who have the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit. Everyone was just following him. That's why they were complaining. Only one person who got to God and know where they, what to do. Now everyone here can listen to God. They will listen. They will wait. You remember sometimes when Moses take, take long, he said he will never come back because they were not listening to God. They say, let us, Aaron as well, he was deceived, he started making something. They start partying. Moses will never come back. Why? Because they were not hearing from God. That blood has ushered you in to go with confidence in the holy of the holies. Speak to your father. This is who you are. I tell you the truth, I always think maybe... You read uh, Hebrews chapter 12, about the verse 1, about the witnesses in heaven. They are so disappointed with this generation. What is wrong? Why? Why are they not walking in power? We are <laughs> just, what is wrong? The Holy Spirit is on them, everyone. Everyone, the Holy Spirit is here. What will happen if you decide today you can do exploits, miracles, and signs and wonders? We had a man in Africa called Adahosa. When he got saved, he read the scripture which says, Jesus raised the dead. That's it. That was enough. He went to a place where people were crying. He said, I want to pray for the dead person. People will say, are you crazy? He said, no, I want to, to, to pray for the person. You know, the elders say, is he mad? They say, no. He says, take him back, take him. He went and raised the person. This man, that was his life, raising the dead. This scripture, don't complicate it. Just read it and do it. I was telling people yesterday, like, you know, when Jacob was old, you know what? He wanted to bless his grandchildren, two of them, Manasseh and Ephraim. And he put his hands, but he did this by mistake. What he spoke, that's what happened in their lives. That is the power we have. You know about the story of Esau and Jacob? What the fathers, you know, you know the story? That's how just it is. That's the power we have. We have power. You know, uh, I like uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. You know, you know, go, 
God calls light from the dead, and he calls things that do not exist as though they do. That's why I always walk in my life, I declare in the day, this is what will happen, this is what will happen. It will become. Through what? The blood of Jesus is the key. The, the veil is torn. Even the high priest was only entering once in a year. Honestly, we are so privileged. You know, they will power everything. All the prayer requests, they will power it. And one man will take it and go. But today, he can pray, he can pray, he can pray, he can pray. You can talk to God anytime through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So the, the high priest, when he entered there, he was offering sacrifice and incense before the mercy seat. But God has made it so easy for us. That's why people are, they, they, you know, our, our forefathers, they're just disappointed. Maybe Elijah is saying, can I go back? Can I go back, God? Can we reverse things? Because they have everything. You know, prophets know in part. You know, same Elijah, after he came from Mount Carmel, the rain started. Do you know in the, the, the scriptures that followed, Elijah started complaining to God. He said, kill me. Kill me. I'm the only person. Look, Jezebel is, Jezebel is running to kill me. And God said, you are not the only prophet remaining. Elijah is such a man of God. You can know they were human. You need to read the book of Acts, what these people are doing. Honestly, sometimes I say we, we are behind. Maybe 20% of the power that we have. Because God said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come on you. The blood of Jesus, that's what God has accessed in our lives. Power. Dunamis. We need to hear. What's your name, my brother? You? Yeah. Yeah. You need to start praying. Authority. I just wanted to mention the name. I mean everybody. You know, when you have a situation, it's time to pray and prophesy. I declare, you call things that do not exist as though they do. You know what God, in that scripture, Romans chapter 4, you know, God called Abraham, you shall be a father of many nations. You know how God speaks doesn't make sense. Because Abraham has failed to have one child. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? You remember in uh, Genesis, even Sarah, Sarah laughed when the angel was speaking about to Abraham that she'll have a child. He said, I'm finished. What are you talking about? She laughed. But God is saying, I'll make you the father of many nations. You know, Abraham said, look, please have my own son. Don't tell me big things. Like, why are you telling me nations when I can't even have my own son? But that's how God works. 
He said, God calls life from the dead. Think of, you know, Sarah as a woman. God spoke to her body, life, to every vein, to the womb. You know, she was walking like this. Everything's death coming to life. God's called life from the dead. And he calls things that do not exist as though they do. This is who you are. You need to start calling things. She was like this. God started speaking to the womb to become a womb of a child. Life. Muscles start being stronger. The veins to hold a child. That is our God. He's very big. You need to see who you, you need to know who you are. When God breathed in you, life, he breathed himself. He said, I've made you in my image. I was explaining yesterday. Just like you see this container. This thing is not water. Water is what inside. God has no body. He hasn't got a body. He took a body from the earth and made like a cage. You are like a cage. Then God breathed himself in you. And you became his image. That's who you are. That's your DNA. That's who you are. Hebrews 12, 20, uh, 24 talks about the blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That's the blood that is calling in your life. The veil was torn. And Romans chapter 8, verse 34, talks about Jesus interceding for you. When you fall, he say, mercy, God, mercy. Mercy. He say, you shall be the father of many nations. You know, Abraham is the father of many nations. You know what happened? Isaac came. Because God is not a man that speaks out of the abundance of words. When he speaks, he watches over his words to accomplish everything that he has sent it for. To some of us, maybe God has promised us something and is taking too long. Delay is not a denial. Have you really followed the story of uh, Joseph? I think I'll finish here so that um, let me read this uh, uh, Psalm 105, verse 17. I'll read this. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll promise to pray for the worship team because I just feel so strongly you guys need to start walking in the call that God has given you. When you start speaking the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. You know, most of the time when I go to places in the hotel, I speak things and I see things happening. You, you are a child of God. Let the heavens know a child is here. You know, when Jesus was in the tomb, the grave had never heard such a human being. It was shaking. There was earthquake. Matthew chapter 27. Earthquake. 
The grave say, look, we have never kept such a human being. It was shaking. When he died, the rocks split and people resurrected from the dead. That is God. He's so huge. The, you know, the, the grave was shaking. The rocks split. People were in the grave resurrected. Come out! I tell you, you don't want to miss that. I was sharing this. When I just got saved, I, was, I had that, what you call a, a cassette, you know, where you play tapes. I was walking with it. I would just put it in, listening, the joy in me. And one day, because heaven was too much in my life. And one day I dreamed that Jesus has already come. It was so much fear that I missed him. Real fear, like fear, I screamed. And I know, then I realized, no, he didn't come. One of the worst things you can ever do is to miss heaven. There is hope if you miss an exam. There is hope if you miss an interview. There is hope if you miss up a date. There is hope if you miss up a birthday celebration. There is hope if you miss up a wedding anniversary. There is no hope when you miss the coming of Jesus. There's no hope. And that is how you should be thinking when you think of your neighbor. That's how you should be thinking when you think of your family. That's what you'll be thinking when you think of your church. That is the only hope. But I want to finish off with one of the scriptures I love. Is uh, I see Psalm 105. 105 verse 17. I love it. So 10517. He said he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hit with fetters. His neck was put in a collar of iron. It looks a very devastating situation. But that was the way to destiny. Be sensitive in the spirit. Be sensitive in the spirit. Some of the challenges is not to kill you. Some of the challenges are taking you to your destiny. You know what happened when Jesus died? It looks over. The disciples locked themselves up. They didn't know that is the key to their victory. The blood of Jesus. 
May the death and suffering of Jesus Christ remind you and strengthen you in every situation you are going through. Though tears may tarry night long, joy comes in the morning. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. The Bible says, trust in the Lord, lean not on your own understanding. In everything, acknowledge God, and he shall make your path straight. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 says, Many are the plans in man's heart, but only God's will shall prevail. The more they scatter the blood of Jesus, the more the blood was speaking victory and restoration and mercy.